and if I could meet him again, I would thank that police officer for giving me the DUI because one, he probably saved my life, and two, it ended up leading me to CrossFit. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast. My name is Jason Dennis. We thank you so much for uh, stopping by and uh, trying to get uh, better spiritually or physically uh, fitter as a person. You've come to the right place. This is our lucky number 13th episode of the Run the Race podcast. 13 actually is my favorite number. Might not be yours because I was actually born on February 13th. In fact, on Friday the 13th, and my name is Jason, so I know I did, was not born with a hockey mask on. In fact, the uh, the original Friday the 13th movies with Jason Voorhees came out uh, a couple years after I was born in the late 70s, if it tells you my age at all. So uh, I believe uh, you make your own luck. Uh, it doesn't matter if 13 is your number or whatever else. Uh, I believe that you, if you work hard, you're kind to other people, uh, you have faith and trust in God, look to Him for strength, then uh, you will have a blessed life for sure. And speaking of strong, uh, the guest for this episode you're definitely going to want to listen to is a former Army infantry soldier who deployed to the Middle East, a war zone, several times, now has his own CrossFit gym in East Alabama, and is, uh, because of competitions he's competed in, uh, about close to 50 of them, he has been put him in the top 5% fittest people on earth. But before we get to him, I wanted to talk a little bit about CrossFit. I saw a, a meme or a joke online. It said, uh, one person said, I'm still tired from all the CrossFit this morning. His friend said, it's pronounced croissant and you ate four of them. So very nice. Uh, this is definitely different from CrossFit. I've actually never done a CrossFit class myself. I have friends of all ages that uh, swear by it. Uh, they say it kicks their behinds for sure, including uh, my pastor at my church, who actually had several of us recently uh, to promote his Stronger-themed sermon series. We He brought us up on stage, three of us, to do box jumps, as many as we could, over the box, I mean on the box and then over, and then back over the box and over continuously for one minute. And uh, that was um, not necessarily easy for me because he told, gave me about a 20-minute uh, heads up about that. I had run uh, 11 miles that morning as uh, kind of my long run for the week for during, during marathon training. And I had a full suit on, so I had to actually borrow a pair of tennis shoes from a young man there at church. I think I ended up doing about... 40 or 50 of the box jumps, uh, maybe 35. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to fib too much. But uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, and it wasn't too tiring. But uh, if I had to do more stuff in the workout, I would be extremely tired. So, uh, and in part of his sermon series was how to make our faith stronger. Uh, his steps were never stop hearing, reading, or listening to God's Word. Number two, always declare God's promises. Three, don't stop trusting God's faithfulness. And number four, Keep doing God's will. So it's not just important to go to the gym and work out and try to get stronger physically in in different parts of your body and working your legs and your back and your chest. Also important to work your your mind, work your soul, and get stronger in your faith by by looking to God and praying and reading His Word. Um, So it's definitely very, very important to kind of balance that out in your life. 
I also wanted to kind of share with you um, kind of a, an inspiring uh, post that somebody uh, put on my Facebook page. Um, if you'd like to uh, um, maybe write a review for the Run the Race podcast, we'd love for you to do that. Uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts and go to the episode page for Run the Race and write a short look, you know, just two or three sentences uh, and a five-star review. We'd love for you, if you enjoy this, you know, share it with your friends, that kind of thing. But somebody that uh, runs a lot of races, he was at the Callaway Gardens Half Marathon with me, Don Cleveland. And this is what he uh, wrote on Facebook. He says, Jason, at a long mile 21 at the top of the hill, I opened episode four. He's talking about the Run the Race podcast. At that point, my race was not going as well as I hoped or expected. As I was ready to start feeling a little sorry for myself, you said on the podcast, just be thankful you said on the podcast, just be thankful that you can get out and run. Then a little later in your interview with Steve Crooks, who was the gentleman who I interviewed, who uh, is now a triathlete, lost 100 pounds and, and pretty much almost died last year because of some heart issues. Steve Crooks, you both pointed out that the benefits of racing are available to middle and back of the Packers just as they are for the front runners. That motivation got me to the finish line and actually got him third place in his age group for that half marathon. So congratulations and thank you so much for the kind words, Don Cleveland. Now on to our guest for today, Elliot Quinones, who joined the military back in 2006, an Army infantryman who deployed to Afghanistan three times, received the Army Commendation Medal of Valor, became a drill sergeant on Fort Benning. He's going to talk about how he had kind of a messy exit from the Army. Well, you hear that in their interview today. And then he started going to CrossFit, going to a gym in 2013, started coaching, then purchased CrossFit Deprivation, where he's currently the owner in Phoenix City, Alabama. He's a CrossFit certified level three trainer, which is not easy to do. He's participated in more than 40 CrossFit powerlifting and Olympic lifting competitions, also has his own fitness podcast. So here's my discussion with the CrossFit king around here, Elliot Quinones. owner of CrossFit Deprivation in East Alabama, Elliot Quinones. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, um, first of all, I gave you a little prep on this. We have a fast four, okay. some uh, quick hit questions before we get into our deep conversations. The first one is, what is your you know kind of job description at work and also at home? So I am the owner and president of CrossFit Deprivation. And at home, I am the father and boyfriend and... That's pretty much it at home. And dog owner. <laughs> and dog owner, yes. <laughs> uh, how do you, because I know you, you help others work out and stay fit, how do you personally stay physically fit? Um, I do exactly what I tell my clients to do. I work out anywhere from three to five times a week for about an hour, um, and I do CrossFit. All right, very nice. Uh, do you have a certain spiritual motto or something that keeps you motivated on perhaps a daily basis? I do. I actually have a written out personal mission statement that um, eventually, I, I just finished it, but eventually will go under my pillow and it's on my desk currently. And I got to find one other place that I read it every day. Um, but I guess the the short answer of something that I would just tell everybody is just um, constant growth mindset, all about a growth mindset. Yeah. So. You're never there. Right. You're never finished. Like the the success is in the journey kind of, kind of motto. Absolutely. And last thing, what is one unique thing about you? that I went through my own um, transformation. A lot of people don't know that I was 237 pounds, I think, at my heaviest. Now I'm at um, one, I'm usually at 180. 
and I'm def and that was actually I was at my heaviest in the military and my fittest outside of the military. Right. And that's not the army's fault. That's just no. not how you were, right? Right. It was yeah, that was all personal. <laughs> so tell me about um so you joined the army, the military on February fifteenth, two thousand and six. So what was that like as a young man and then, you know, also your three deployments to Afghanistan? Yeah, um I it was it was scary. It was um, it was a decision I made because I felt like I felt like I wasn't doing anything with my life, and I've I've never been like that. When I was in high school, um, on top of you know going to high school and do that thing, I had three I think four jobs at one time. I was working sixty hours a week plus going to high school, and um, and when I got done with high school, I just kind of lost my direction because I thought I was going to do one thing and it just like life happens, it just didn't work out that way. So I decided to join the army, um, which I was in ROTC in high school as well. So I always had that. I, I always kind of wanted to go, but as I got towards my last year, I changed my mind. So I decided to change back. Um, but it was, it was scary. It was the first time that you're really completely out on your own. Um, when I went through basic, I went infantry. Um, I thought I was going to go to Ranger regiment that ended up, not happening, but I did go to airborne school. And then right after basic training, um, I went over to Fort Drum and three weeks later I was deployed. This was literally all I knew was basic training and I'm getting thrown into a combat situation. So, um, this is, this is several years after nine 11, the September 11th attacks. Right, exactly. And, um, yeah, so we're like, you know, you were full, we were in a full blown war. You know, there was a lot of people out there and um, even in those three weeks that I was back at Drum, it was really just people who had been injured, had been shot, hit with shrapnel, things like that, that were basically just telling you the stories of what's over there. So in those three weeks, I did a lot of partying because I was like, well, if the worst is going to happen, I'm going to at least go out with a bang. And then I got deployed. And um, when I was hooked up with my unit, I mean, I'm telling you within, I would say within the first 10 hours, we, you know, we received our first, um, really had our first combat situation that I was in. Um, and it, it was, it was scary, but, you know, luckily I had a, a pretty awesome platoon, pretty awesome group of guys that showed me the ropes. My promotion also went a little bit faster because coupled with hard work and having combat experience, um, it was a little easier to, to be kind of looked at. Yeah, and you left the army. Uh, it's been almost you were in almost ten years as a staff sergeant at the end. Yeah, I got out as a, as a staff sergeant. Um, like you mentioned, I had three deployments. When I got back from my third deployment, um, I got orders to become a drill sergeant. And we'll talk later in this episode about you know how that the leadership skills you're using those even today in CrossFit. Um, you know, take me back one more time to to Afghanistan. Uh, you were telling me you uh, earned the Army Commendation Medal. Uh, with Valor. Uh, tell me what that was for, because I know that was probably a very tense situation. Yeah, the um, Army Commendation Medal with Valor I received because um, we we were at a patrol base. Um, patrol base, very small, up on um, um, a little hill, really. And uh, we received some contact, and our unit at that time, our platoon sergeant, was acting platoon leader we ended up getting some rpgs that came in and um, my platoon sergeant was hit pretty bad with some shrapnel so he went down and i was the next in line which is not really typical for a, just an e5 buck sergeant to be acting platoon leader and platoon sergeant 
Um, so I took over the situation. Um, we we got him pulled into cover. The medic took care of him. Who the medic also got hit at that uh, at that time, and um, we you know we kind of took over the fight. So you know what they say is that we stopped the overrun of the patrol base. You know by me taking control and taking command of 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 the fire and then making sure that he got evac'd and um, got the medical that he needed. So, well, and I guess, you know, those kind of situations give you a different kind of perspective than a lot of people, because, you know, um, maybe when you experience things in life now, not as bad as maybe you, you would think they are. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's funny you say that because I tell people that all the time. I, you know, one of the things is people are always like, you're so calm. You, you rarely look stressed out. And I'm like, because I know how bad it could actually be. And once you, yeah, once you've been in a bunch of situations like that, regular day stressful things don't seem as bad. Still get stressed, um, but definitely don't seem as bad. And it also makes me, you know, let people know you're allowed to complain to me once, you know, and if you don't do something about it past that, I don't want to hear it because again, you know, all it is is taking action to to make some of that stress and stuff go away. So yeah. I want people to take action. Well, and I was at the gym with you CrossFit deprivation in Phoenix City, Alabama earlier today, and you put me through the ringer a little bit in terms of the uh, movement screen, which is a kind of an initial testing that you guys do, showing me like, okay, what do I need to work on in terms of my quads or hips or butt or back or whatever, and show me the proper form with the uh, deadlifts, I mm-hmm. think, right? I didn't complain too much, right? Uh, no, you okay. did great. You did awesome. <laughs> you did, you know, you're, you're, you typically you're going to get questions, which yeah. is what you did. You do, you asked a lot of questions and that's what you're supposed to do. You yeah. know, you don't, you don't just trust somebody's word blindly. You should yeah. be asking a few, few questions. So. Yeah. And you transitioned from the army life from drill sergeant on Fort Benning to CrossFit. Uh, tell me about, well, first of all, before we get into like how your story with CrossFit, um, you know, a lot of people maybe go to a, um, a regular quote gym or, uh, maybe go running or whatever else. What's the difference between that and like CrossFit and what, because people hear that and they may get intimidated by the word. Yeah, we we hear that a lot um, as far as the intimidation for CrossFit. So CrossFit is defined as high intensity functional fitness. Okay. Um, And so basically what that means is everything you do in CrossFit, you're going to see the same movement pattern in everyday life, right? So I, today you worked on a deadlift. A deadlift is nothing more than picking something up off the ground. And so that's why we train that type of movement. Now, um, what's the difference between CrossFit and your traditional weightlifting, things like that, is CrossFit's always going to be full body and functional. When you do regular weight training, generally what you see is you see isolated movements. So you see like your bicep curls, you know, your hamstring curls, the machines that you use in the gym. And when you do that, you're completely isolating a movement, which doesn't really happen in 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 the normal body like there's there's never a time where you're like I'm gonna pick something off the table I'm gonna make sure I do this really isolated bicep curl right. it's you just pick it up now your triceps being used your shoulders being used all at the same time yeah so when you train movements like that when you train those movements pattern in a workout regimen then those movement patterns become a lot easier so another example is you know we sit you know majority of the time is people are sitting and when you sit you don't sit with your hips below your knees you don't sit in a full squat so that range of motion on a lot of people is limited which is why you always get the oh you shouldn't squat below parallel well you should because if you ever have to get off the ground you have to be below parallel so that's what crossfit is is training is that functionality now where the intimidation factor comes in is 
the normal thing that you see is one, you either watch the CrossFit games, which is the elite level of sure, CrossFit. Sure. So when people get intimidated after watching the CrossFit games, to me is the equivalent of you watching a basketball game and saying, oh no, I'm not going to play basketball in my backyard because these professionals are way too good at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Th- that's what the CrossFit game is. So every, every type of exercise program has a professional level and that's all the CrossFit games are. That's not reflecting what you actually do in a CrossFit gym. And then the other thing that people see is those fail videos or the videos of like people saying they're doing CrossFit. There's no band on whether you can call something CrossFit. There's no way to enforce that. So a lot of these videos that people are seeing are either people trying CrossFit themselves or they're just in not a great CrossFit gym because every gym is completely independently owned and they can run it however they want. So that makes for really great CrossFit gyms, but that also makes for really garbage CrossFit gyms because they can run it however they want. And some people just don't have that growth mindset and they don't look for that excellence. So, um, I think that's the, the big difference there. And yeah. I kind of went on a rant. No, there. that was yeah. great. Uh, and so you're saying that instead of sitting, we should maybe do like a full out plank while we're doing, we can, while we're doing the podcast. While we're doing the podcast. Yeah. We should <laughs> or, actually or just sit in squats the whole, the whole <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, maybe we could just pretend like we're doing that. People won't know the difference. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, so tell me about your story, um, Elliot, about how you got involved in CrossFit and because I know that people want to stay fit when they're outside the Army. But for you, it was kind of a, a different kind of story, right? Right. So when I went on my second deployment, I got back. I fell in um, – yeah, my, I think it was my second. So I fell into kind of a deep depression. And that was when I pushed – put on a whole bunch of weight. I put on, put on probably about 50 pounds. And, again, that was in the military to the point where I was like uh, putting my belt on and having to leave the top button unbuttoned because I didn't want to have to get new uniforms, right? And so I knew that there was an issue. And I think the the even biggest thing I tell people, like the turning point in my head was um, um, when I went to go tie my shoe and I was out of breath. And I was like, this is not good at all. So I went on my third deployment. I told myself that no matter what, I was going to lose this weight and get back in shape and do the things that I had to do to be able to actually like lead my soldiers the right way. So in two months, I lost 30 pounds. This was traditional weightlifting, like, no CrossFit, none of that stuff. This is just isolated stuff. And, um, but there was a lot of like information out there that I was looking for and, and it, it wasn't put in the right place. You do this, don't do this, eat this, don't do eat this. And, um, so when I came back, I got the orders for drill. Um, I ended up doing like insanity type work, you know, the, the insanity videos. I would do that because that was short and sweet. And then I would do like the working out with the soldiers that I was training so, um, fast forward, I got selected to go to the drill school to train other um, NCOs to be drill sergeants. And I went out to celebrate and party, and I was young and dumb, and I ended up getting a DUI. And, um, you know, I tell people all the time, like, I completely think, and if I could meet him again, I would thank that police officer for giving me the DUI because, one, he probably saved my life. And two, it ended up leading me to CrossFit. So what ended up happening was, again, didn't know anybody, only knew the 10 or 11 drill sergeants I was working with. So it was really lonely. It was, you know, another kind of depression phase. And so all I really had was the gym. And so my one of my old commanders, who I was asking for, like, a letter to try to get rid of his DUI, 
And uh, he goes, look, man, he's like, I know you're going through a lot. He's like, but I need you to go check out a CrossFit gym. He goes, I think that you're going to love it because of the type of working out and the community is going to be there and you're going to have that to help support you. So that's what I did. I went to a, to a CrossFit gym in the area, um, did one workout, was completely hooked because it was a soreness like I never felt. And at that point, I was all about soreness for me <laughs> and uh, not so much today. But Pain uh, to replace the other pain. Right, exactly. It was, it was, it was almost like a... a yeah, it was almost like an addiction to cover an addiction because really I was addicted. I wouldn't say addicted to like drinking, but like work. I was that's all I had, you know. And so it gave me another outlet and um, a new identity, perhaps. Right. Yeah. And so when I got in there, um, I did that workout. I think the very next day, I went up to my CrossFit coach at the time and I said, "I want to do two things. I want to own a CrossFit gym and I want to podium a CrossFit competition." And and then from there, I um. I trained, uh, I trained for about three months before I actually went to go get my level one, which is what you need to to start coaching as a CrossFit coach. I ended up moving gyms um, to to start coaching at another gym in the area, and then um, you know eight eight or nine months later, went to go get my level two, started getting a little bit more serious with it, and then sure enough, um, CrossFit deprivation kind of just fell in my lap. It was a, a owner who who got really burnt out, um, which a lot of affiliate owners do when they get burned out. Cause it is a lot, a lot, a lot more work than I think people under- think it is. And, um, um, I ended up taking over across the deprivation and been doing it ever since. You've been, that's for the last five and a half, six years, I think. Yeah. I took it over in, um, April, 2014. Okay. You probably took a lot from your time in the army, but, uh, being a drill sergeant and leading, uh, men and women, uh, was that good training for you for life and maybe for leading a, a CrossFit gym? Absolutely. There's so much that I think I learned from the army that I didn't realize I learned from the army until I got out. You know, you're in the army, you don't want to do all these, these things. You don't know why that you're doing so much paperwork and counseling statements and, you know, why they, why they stress leadership and you do these courses. And again, I didn't, at that point, I didn't realize how much I was actually learning from it. And, uh, and I also loved, always, always loved the training aspect. Like I think I, I love that more than anything about the army. It's, it's like, I want to, I want to play. It's like you're a kid. You want to play cops and robbers, but you really don't ever want to be any of those roles. I mean, some people, but even as a cop, you really hope that you never have to pull your gun and shoot somebody, you know? And so when I was in the military, it was the same thing. It was like, I would love going to ranges and I would love, uh, um, you know, practicing close quarter marksmanship and combat, but nobody ever, I don't want to do that. Right. right? I want, I like prepare for that. I want to prepare for it, but I don't want to do it because the repairing is fun. Um, they don't shoot back, you know? So, uh, (laughs) you're not going to die. Right. And the other thing that I loved even being a drill sergeant and, and which again, kind of was a surprise to myself was, you know, when you, we talk about drill sergeants, we say next to a soldier's parents, your next biggest influence is your drill sergeant. Like any soldier, if you ask anybody, I can, I can almost guarantee that they can probably name off one or two of their drill sergeants. And it could be 20, 30 years later because that's how much of an impact a drill sergeant has on somebody. And so when I got into CrossFit coaching, I realized, okay, now I have a place where I can train people. I can still make that amazing impact on somebody and hopefully improve their life for the better you know, whether they see us for six months or they stay with us for 10 years. So it was, it was 
literally the perfect training was going from the army into CrossFit coaching, which is why I think a lot of lot of veterans are CrossFit coaches. Yeah. And I know rewarding for you and for the privates and for the people you train now. Um, as for those that come to CrossFit deprivation, um, do you find that uh, maybe some, especially maybe at the beginning of a year like 2020, they have New Year's resolutions or maybe they have, uh, you know, how do you succeed maybe in, in achieving those long-term goals and not just like the quick fixes? Yeah, we, we – to be completely honest, we struggled with figuring that out ourselves. We went we went through a progression where, you know, we started out and people would just hop into class and we just hoped the class would keep them motivated. And then from there, we we did six week challenges, which was like the huge, you know, craze was let's do these boot camp style things, six week challenges. But then what ended up happening after the six week challenge, after we give them templates and we give them these classes, they see short term, right? So it's like. We're gonna get you to lose twenty pounds in six weeks. Okay, I lost twenty pounds. Now what? Yeah. And and they're they're literally lost. So we saw like people would leave and 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 that would happen. So um what we do now is we do we realize that there has to be a complete shift in mindset when you're trying to do longevity and you have to be really upfront with the client and and making them know that and making them understand that. Because if we if we say like, yeah, we're gonna get you to do this and in two months, first of all, it's, it's probably not the healthiest way. It's not going to be something that sticks. And then, you know, again, what happens after that? So what we do now is we do what's called a coach for life program. And so somebody comes in, uh, they, we sit down with them. We go real deep into like, what's, what's your goal? Why you're here? You know, why do you want to, um, get fitter? You know, is it something that you want to do for your kids? Is it something personal? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to get rid of chronic disease? We dive in real deep of why this person is doing that so that we can make sure that they understand why the long game is important and why we need to do this for more than four to six weeks. Um, once we do that, then they, they go through a you know program, they go, they have to go through an assessment and foundations, and then they go into classes. But the most important thing, and, and the reason we call it a coach for life program is because they build a relationship with the coach, mm-hmm. right? And they, they build that relationship in the best way where they're spending a lot of one-on-one time together. They trust each other. We look at fitness, like we look at healthcare, in healthcare, you generally you have a primary care provider, and your primary care provider sends you out to specialists and things like that. When we give you a coach for life, it's the same thing. So it's anything that's preventative, which that's what fitness is: is preventative health. Is we're gonna we're gonna be there the whole step of the way. So if we have somebody who comes in and we're like, we do the assessment, we see all these signs, and we say, hey, you need to go see a chiropractor. Well, it's not. You're just going to go see him. You're going to see him. You're going to sign a HIPAA statement. Me and that chiropractor are going to talk, and we're going to figure out a plan to help you overall. So if we can keep our clients out of pain, know what's going on with them, build a strong relationship, then we see that the amount of time that somebody's in the gym is way longer, right? And it's going to stay that way. And then hopefully, you never have to make that New Year's resolution again (laughs) that you constantly make the same one every year. You're a, it's your, it's a lifestyle change. Right. It, yeah. And and it's, it's hard, you know, and it's, it's like I tell my clients, it's really hard to live the healthy fit lifestyle until it's not. Because right now, you know, being healthy, coming to the gym, eating healthy seems foreign until it becomes a habit because you're continuously doing it and you have somebody there that's helping you. And then the going the other way is going to seem foreign. 
Yeah, like yeah. seven years ago, running for me sounded like, well, that's a dumb thing to do. Um, but now it's kind of part of my life, you know, and right. you kind of get used to that. And know? it almost, like, I bet I would bet that, like, if you don't run for a week, you almost feel weird. Like, yeah. you feel out of place. There's amateurs like myself, mm-hmm. or maybe your average CrossFitters as well. And then there's Elliot Quinones, mm-hmm. who uh, you are uh, considered to be in the top 5% of the fittest people on earth, according to CrossFit. So tell me about how you get that label. I guess. Yeah, I, so, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a label. It's it's just yeah, like you don't get any and, and, recognition and, 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 for and, and, and it. An achievement. Yeah. So um so every year uh, CrossFit does the CrossFit Open and um it's five workouts over the course of five weeks um and you you do it at you just find a CrossFit gym and you do it and anyone can participate, which is why you know that when they say the fittest man when they do a CrossFit competition and the fittest comes out they say that's the fittest on earth because anyone can challenge him at any like any year doesn't matter right you don't have to be like a elite crossfitter to do it so uh basically you know you do the open and and for every workout that you do you get you get judged because there has to be movement standards and then you get a score and then you input that score or and your your total or your positioning will come out over the course of five weeks so uh I would say my best year ever was um, 2017, which was, um, I think I placed 222nd in the Southeast. So at this point, they were like breaking up in that way. So the Southeast. And then I was probably like 2,000 or maybe not 2,000th, but maybe like 18,000 in the world. Um, And then, uh, but consistently, I generally stay at the top 5%. Um, What does it require? A lot of work, a lot of work <laughs> to, to to get that finish at two twenty two. I was working out probably three and a half hours a day, five days a week. Whoa, um, yeah, and doing a lot of like recovery and and making sure the diet was like on point. Um, now I I don't place as high, but I also work out three to four times. You know, three to four times a week for an hour. Um, you have my, time, time for other things. Right. I have to, I have to run a business, you know? And so, um, and, and the care for the clients, uh, basically like supersedes that. So I don't, I don't work as much, but the good thing is because of how long it took me to build this and because I've been doing it consistently for so long and it, in order to maintain my fitness, I don't need to work out three and a half hours. Am I going to take a little bit of a hit? Sure. But I'm still going to be pretty fit just maintaining what it is that I have. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you were talking to me uh, about how you know um, you have a passion for helping people with chronic pain and to prevent injuries. And I know you probably faced your share of injuries, or maybe even coming back from one now. Tell me about why that's so important to you for yourself, but also for others. Yeah. So yeah, our mission is is for sure chronic pain and chronic disease. And um, I guess there's a couple different different reasons. So one of the reasons is I you know, going through my own transformation, I realized how much, how confusing it could be for someone to try to lose weight or to get, to get in shape and do those things. And, um, as I kind of dug more into the information and things like that, I realized how big of a problem this actually is. There's nine, something like 9 million people that die every year from heart disease, which is completely preventable, right? Just just do diet and exercise. So, um, we started attacking that. And then what we realized is there is probably the same amount, if not more people that are dealing with so much chronic pain that they can't sleep, that they can't come in the gym and they can't work out because they're, they're dealing with so much pain. 
And the other thing, especially in this town, this town because of military, is we also realized how many people think that living in pain is completely normal. You know, so when I got out of the military, I was really lucky in that I didn't deal with a whole bunch of pain. Like I didn't have a lot of injury. Um, but a couple years down the road, I'm realizing that, you know, my ankles are super tight because I was wearing boots for 10 years that lace all the way up and keep your ankle in a certain position while you're running, while I'm running. (laughs) Yeah. While I'm running. And maybe, you know, I was dealing with other things that I didn't, I didn't even realize was compounding, even though I felt great. Right. And so, like you said, you know, I now have to do specific things to try to take care of that. So I don't feel pain. And so I guess for me, it's, it's, I want people to realize that you can have a great quality of life always. And it doesn't take, it, it doesn't, first of all, you can keep it sustained, right? We don't want to do that roller coaster ride of up and down. Mm-hmm. So we can do that and we don't have to completely change our lives. We don't have to stop eating all the things that we love. And we definitely don't have to continuously push through pain, right? There's, there's no reason for that. That doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you stronger. All it does is down the line, you're going to be miserable, you know? And so um, I, I guess I just want people to to to, have, to live their best life because I just feel like in general, like if people are happier, then maybe everybody will just be happier all the time, you know? And is there? I, I assume, you know, you've probably seen this, experienced it for yourself, but also you've seen it with a lot of people that go to CrossFit is the mental health aspect of it because, you know, uh, working out or running or whatever else is so mental. But how do you think it, you know, helps – um, how important is mental health? And I mean, I know there's a lot of soldiers that deal with PTSD and, and, and civilians for that matter too. You're absolutely right. It, it takes a specific mindset and in any way you look at it, whether you're talking about the mindset of pushing through a really hard workout, if it's talking about the mindset of staying in the gym and continuously coming, um, it, it just helps on so many levels. You know, when you, when you, first of all, you have an outlet, you know, like I talked about is a lot of soldiers come see us because they miss that team aspect, that team training, that group and community atmosphere. And so it helps them feel more at home and it helps them feel better in a place that has a bunch of veterans and things like that. And then being able to control your thoughts, and we we call it having like the positive mindset, being able to control your negative thoughts and immediately put something positive on there, uh, I think is is a tool not only in the gym, but definitely outside the gym. So when we have our athletes, you know, little things in the gym that we do is first of all, the last person that's working is always getting the most cheers, you know? So we make sure that that person feels amazing, not because, because it doesn't matter that you finish the workout first. It matters that you finish the workout, right? And that, that you actually came in and you com- you competed. So that person's always getting the most cheers. Um, there is absolutely no complaining a lot of my gym, we kind of talked about it, right? Like if someone's going to complain, we immediately turn it around and say, but you did this today, you know? Um, so for instance, we'll, we, a lot of the times too, we'll go, you know, you, you crushed that workout. You did great. And if they modified it, which means they didn't do it exactly how it was, the answer we usually get is, oh, but I scaled it. So it wasn't, and it was like, it's like, who cares? <laughs> you did a great workout for you right? You crushed it. Was it faster? Do you feel better? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So why are we harping on what would be, I guess, the negative? And I say that in quotations because it's not negative that you modify a workout, you know? So, um, 
doing the best you can because and being excellent. Because I even saw a sign in your restroom about uh, having excellent aim. I accuracy. Think. <laughs> That's right. Accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the accuracy. <laughs> For you, you know, how do you? Um, is it? Is it a delicate balance between you know you're a father, I have a ten year old daughter and um, you know a dog and a, and a girlfriend and and then trying to have a five life, dogs, five, five dogs. Oh <laughs> man, okay, well that's a full time job right there. <laughs> so with all that going on and being the owner of a CrossFit gym and trying to stay fit yourself, I mean, is it kind of a you have to be careful with that balance? It is. It is a very very delicate balance, and I, to be completely honest, I probably don't do it super well. Um, you know, it's, it's, I want so much to be, to be the, the spot in town and, and maybe, maybe even outside of town for people to help people get rid of chronic disease and chronic pain, because we know in Alabama, especially that it is such a huge issue. And the more we help people, the more lives we change, I mean, just the better off. And that's a huge, huge, huge passion for me. And I also a huge passion for me is is bringing complete professionalism to the coaching profession so people understand that it's not just like someone who comes off the street it's someone who's put a lot of education and time and um so i dedicate a lot of time to that and and in, unfortunately if you want to be the best in something it's hard to balance right like in an nfl athlete's probably not balancing things he's probably full focused on the NFL and being the best athlete. So for me, I should balance better because I do have a family and I do have this gym and I do have a girlfriend and these dogs. So I would love to say that it's like a, you know, 33, 33, 33, but it's usually not. It's usually the gym is taking 50, 60, 70% of my time. And then, you know, it's like everything else kind of takes a back seat. Luckily, um, I have an awesome girlfriend who's super supportive. Um, my, my daughter understands, you know, and, and, um, I'm lucky enough to have a, a really good support system that helps me take care of her. Um, so I, I'm lucky, but the goal is getting that to balance out eventually. Yeah. And one more thing, you know, that you've added to the list for yourself is a new podcast called C4, I guess the, the letter C and then the number four life. So tell me about that. I mean, what you get, you talk about these kind of things and coaching folks and being fit. Yeah. So, uh, we, we started off the C4 life podcast and, um, C4 life stands for coaching for lives improved through fitness education. Um, and, uh, we, we started it because again, we just saw this huge need um, to put out unbiased information about all of these different fitness and diet regimens. You know, I mean, think about anytime you think of a diet, you hear about keto, zone, intermittent fasting. Um, I mean, I could we could go on and on, you know, ve- vegan, vegetarian. When you think of fitness, you've got um, boot camps, you got boxing, you got isolated marathons running, right? You have all of these different th- outlets and everyone's like, what's the best? What's the best? What's the best? Um, how do I, you know, how do I figure that out? You know, how do I do these things that I just, I don't, you're not, you shouldn't know because you're not a fitness professional, but you should be getting information that leads you in the right way. And so that even though we run a CrossFit gym, we also know that CrossFit's not for everybody. You know, some people just don't enjoy it. Why would I force you to do something that you don't want to do? So for me to be like, yeah, CrossFit's, you know, that's it. That's the only exercise program. And that's the only thing that's ever going to get you fit. That's not true, right? There's other things. So what we try to do is 
is give that for everybody. Is that podcast is there for anybody that wants any information on I'm going to try keto. Cool. We're going to do an episode on keto. You know, I'm going to, how do I find a great gym? We just did an episode on that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think I'm going to hear your voice in my head as I do future deadlifts about uh, keeping my, my bottom up and my, my, <laughs> my shoulders arched and, uh, and keeping the bar close to the legs, right? That's right. Okay. All right. All That's right. right. Well, thanks very much, Elliot, for joining us on the Run the Race podcast. And we'll, uh, we'll see you at the gym soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Really nice talking to Elliot and him coming over here to our, our studio where we record the podcast and also got a chance to tour his CrossFit Deprivation Gym. He gave me that assessment telling me that I need to work on some things with my hips and my glutes and strengthening different things, which uh, I definitely need to do, especially if I'm going to keep running these marathons at age 43. Now turning to our food for thought, parting gift, and prayer, we're going to talk a little bit, some news tidbits when it comes to CrossFit and maybe some things you didn't know. All right, we're going to start on the fitness side of things. Healthline says uh, had an article that was a medical-reviewed article that said, what are the benefits of CrossFit and is it safe? Now, this is a, a form of high-intensity power fitness. CrossFit gyms are known as boxes, they say. They pop up really, you know, really all over the world, and they're growing in popularity. Uh, you do things like you know things with kettlebells, Olympic weightlifting, plyometric jumping. So uh, according to this article, they says it may improve your physical strength, your um, stamina as well, and you can conti- you continuously challenge your muscles by participating in this workout of the day. Now in that wad, each day a new set of exercises is posted. The goal: complete as many repetitions of that as you can during that certain time period. It also says it may help you improve your aerobic fitness, your VO2 max, as it's known, or the maximum amount of oxygen you can utilize during exercise. But research really has been inconclusive, they say, on both the short and long-term effects of CrossFit on physiological physiological changes, if I can say that, and aerobic benefits. It also uh, has been shown CrossFit workouts improve your agility, your balance, and your flexibility because this is functional movements, mimics movements that you do in everyday life that can also reduce your risk for injury and improve your quality of life at any age. Lastly, burning calories, managing weight. It's what we a lot of us want to do on average. You're talking about a 200-pound male or a 170-pound female will burn uh, anywhere between 15 to 18 calories per minute or for a, a lady – 13 to 15 calories per minute, respectively, during a CrossFit workout. And so some of the common injuries from CrossFit, especially for maybe beginners, low back pain, Achilles tendonitis, knee injuries, tennis elbow. So if you're new, the smart thing is to get with a trained fitness professional to learn to do those exercises properly. You got to have proper form. That's what I need to work on when I when I do weights and stuff to have the, the proper form. So start slow and gradually, uh, you know, do more as your fitness level improves. It's really it's not for everyone, according to Healthline, but CrossFit is a very popular thing that a lot of people are getting involved with nowadays. Now, from a faith perspective, uh, Justin Woodall, who is a pastor and planner of City Church of St. Petersburg, PCA, he uh, wrote an article called An Exercise of Faith, How CrossFit Compares to Christianity. He says, um, you know, CrossFit seen as a revolutionary approach to fitness 
the program's founder um, even says, well, are we a cult? Well, maybe we are. Uh, CrossFit, certainly not a religion in any kind of formal sense, uh, but there's so many testimonials about it. And uh, there's maybe some similarities between religion and what people do CrossFit in the gym. Uh, There's a sense of community that celebrates and encourages even when, you know, you have failure, people cheer you on as something churches can do, could do more of. Um, Many CrossFitters consider their gym mates their primary support system. Uh, They focus on transformation of the gym members as well. CrossFit is also known, according to him in this article, as evangelistic. He writes, whether bragging about their most recent lifting stats, complaining about ripped hands, or walking funny after squats, CrossFitters are anxious to tell you about their boxes. And why not? If you found a place that changed your life and provided you with a community and order to your weeks, wouldn't you tell others about it? It's the same thing as we should talk to others about Christ and about our faith in God. Well, CrossFit really appealing to millennials in a way that maybe traditional religion has not in the recent past. Um, so, you know, you can choose to see CrossFit as a threat, uh, Christians can, or see it as a mission field. Because you've got 4 million members spread across 1,300 boxes or CrossFit gyms. Our parting gift for today is from the Bible, uh, deals with being stronger as a person uh, in so many different ways. It's simple. It says, quote, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. That's from First Chronicles 16, 11. So sometimes we try to do things ourselves. We try to be the strong ones, but that's not what it's about. It's about the Lord giving us strength, seeking him and giving up ourselves, and we become stronger because of that. Dear God, thank you for this time together. Help us to be stronger versions of ourselves, that even when we fail, when we don't do things right, that we will gradually improve, and that we will look to you when it comes to reading the Bible, uh, going to the gym, uh, praying to you, um, helping others, um, and getting stronger as runners or anything we want to do, God, that we will look to you for our strength and know that you will provide for us at any time. your name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us and listening to the podcast today, Run the Race, which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And uh, you can also go to our website, wtvm.com slash podcast. Listen to the previous 12 episodes. We've been doing this for three months now. We really appreciate you listening. And uh, please share it with other people on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Use the hashtag Run the Race Podcast if there's something you'd like to um, maybe hear on this uh, podcast. Uh, send me an email, jdennis at wtvm.com or jdennis at wxtx.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And we're going to have some great guests over the next few months talking about faith, talking about fitness, and all kinds of things in between. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. We'll be right back.